And we're back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Chef's Kitchen Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Thorpe, aka Chef Seth, and today we got a great episode for you. I think we're on like this fifth episode, fifth or sixth episode. I'm not exactly sure, but hey, thank you for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure to rate it five out of five, whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple Music, Disher. We'll try to get uh, Spotify and Disher figured out to get them posted, but listening on Spotify, please listen through the podcast and then rate it 5 out of 5 if you enjoy. We're trying to move with the algorithm. Same as you're listening on YouTube. We're trying to figure that one out as well. But once we do, trust me, it will be a smooth, continuous process of making beautiful content. Today, I need to talk about why the NBA on rookie mode right now. Because Jesus Christ, everyone is fucking scoring. If you if you have an NBA contract and you're a decent NBA player, you're going for thirty. It seems. I mean, I mean from star players like KD going for fifty on the Knicks, Cat going for sixty on the Spurs, and you know even role players like Josh Hart getting in the mix. You know putting up forty and then thirty three last night. It's just amazing to watch. I mean, it's hard to keep up with all the amazing play going on because some of these teams, you know, you don't want to actually watch them. Like, who wants to watch? The Trailblazers on a Monday night when you could be watching, you know, Jokic and Embiid play. Who's going to be watching him? But it's still beautiful basketball to watch nonetheless. Just really showing that the amount of talent it takes as they get to the top of the league is actually ridiculous. It's not even close. Like, for example, I look at my high school basketball team and I see some players on there. I'm like, okay, you guys are good. But I understand... And I think they understand, too, that if they wanted to get to the next level, shit would have to change real quick for them. Because if it doesn't, you're not going to make it on. You're just not going to. There's just nothing there. And, I mean, we got some great players. We got this guy named Dova Cockrell, junior year, leading scorer, main dude, can shoot the lights out. But he had some flaws, so. But you guys probably don't want to hear about that. Uh <laughs> No, actually, let me harp on Duo for a second because I really do love this guy. He's fucking amazing hooper. I mean, he puts in the work day in, day out. And, I mean, he's committed, right? But it's just a matter of just some things that whether it be he just hasn't picked up skill yet or maybe it's just a natural ability for some people and some people just can't pick it up. But just a real ability to read, like, next-level defenses. And what I mean by that is, you know, reading a double uh, reading the next pass off of, like, some trap defense, just making those reads that, you know, any player heading to the next level has to make. Because if you can't, then you're a liabil- liability on the floor. It doesn't matter if you shoot the ball. If they send a double at you and you can't shoot it, who are you going to pass it to? you going to throw the wrong pass? Are you going to throw a turnover? What are you going to do? And that's, like, the main issue. But besides that, honestly, solid player. Defensively, kind of, man, really short wingspan, not the best laterally. Not the fastest, not the most athletic, but skill-wise, very, very good. And that's the thing with a lot of players trying to work to the top. I mean, look at the G League, for example. The G League is filled. It's like a second NBA, honestly. The NBA, Think about that. The NBA G League is like a second NBA. These players aren't bad in any sense. They aren't scrubs. They're just not good enough to play in the NBA because whether it be... Team just not giving them a chance. Their skill just isn't there. Their young players looking for opportunities. It could be multitudes of reasons why they are not playing in the NBA right now. But 
the fact they're even in the G League, especially for a lot of them who like kind of stay there, like Andre Ingram, who'd been there for a long time, came up to the NBA and actually played really good in the games he played. It makes you think, given the opportunity, how many of these players would actually be able to succeed in the league? And I'm not saying like you're going to pump out superstars, but I mean, think about players like, I mean, maybe or maybe it's just the NBA it's just so good compared to everywhere else that the G League is like the second NBA for like people who are just like think about it right Nick Dowski is putting up 90 points in two di- in two games combined is fucking ridiculous because it's Nick Dowski all right <laughs> no disrespect but you're fucking Nick Dowski and you're putting up 50 points and a 40 point like, a day later. I mean, Isaiah Thomas goes down there just to get some buckets to get a 10-day contract. That's usually how it goes. He'll get signed. Usually doesn't get re-signed. He'll go down to the G League, prove why he's the best scorer, <laughs> and then get signed again. It's kind of funny how it works, but, hey, you know, that's this league is brutal, man. This league is all about just, like, who's in, who's out. And if you can't solidify a spot, it's going to be rough. But, you know... It's not, you know, I think a lot of solidifying to kind of working like with the playoffs right now, right? Look at let's let's transition. Let's let me move back from the mic a little bit and let's transition to playoff standing because there's a lot of implications happening right now. Let's take a look at this real quick. So tonight, not too many games are gonna mean too much. We have Pacer Grizzlies. I mean, Grizzlies win or lose, they're gonna be in the playoffs. Nest Magic, win or lose, Nest. I think Nest do need to win that game because they are currently three went behind the Raptors and they are still in that playoff room in that play in room. Pistons Heat, uh really it's just kind of a battle for first seed, so if they win that it just gets them far closer to the first like holding that first seed then Pelicans, Suns Suns already secured the playoff spot, so really it's just the Pelicans just kind of fighting kind of fighting off the Trailblazers and doing their best to stay within the standing of the Clippers. Because if they don't win this game, I don't know actually if it's like the bubble to where you had to be within five games of the, what was it, fuck, what was it again? Oh yeah, you had to be within five games of the eighth seed to be eligible for the play-in. And right now with the Pelicans currently sitting at 28 wins and the Clippers, the AC sitting at 36 wins, that's not adding up. But... Anything can happen. If they win this game tonight, it gets them a little bit closer. So who knows? But playoff implications, yes. The only team locked in for the playoffs right now are the Phoenix Suns. 54 wins. Doing amazing even without Chris Paul due to his thumb injury. Injury? Yeah, thumb injury. I was trying to remember. Was it his thumb or was it something else? But I think it was his thumb. And then, you know, D-Book struggling with uh, protocol, health safety protocols. I think he got COVID. I don't know. <laughs> but you know with them having that locked up then you just have the Grizzlies Warriors really fighting for that second third seed which really decides if they're gonna have to play between the T-Wolves or the Nuggets unless the Nuggets can steal that Maverick seed which oh god the Europeans are going nutty honestly who if you're an NBA team and you know any fans listening please chiming on this you know at me on Twitter uh, my at is at Chef Seth uh, that chef is going to have one extra F on it, so it's going to be at C H E F F dot S E F F at chef dot is my Twitter. So if you're listening to this, please add me on Twitter. Who would you rather have your team play in the playoffs if you're in the 
if you're in the running, if your favorite team's in the running, between the Mavericks and the Nuggets. Because honestly, they're both, I mean, they're both good teams. Jamal Murray, I think, has reports that he's coming back from the G, that he's playing the G League right now, you know, working back his injuries. We can talk about that in a little bit. I'll probably char- charm on, chime in on that in just a bit. But really, who would you rather get fucked up by? Luka Ball or Jokic Ball? Because that's scary no matter what you do. No matter what way you spin it, that's scary. And it makes you wonder, oh, God. Imagine if they had healthy teammates. They were good teammates. I mean, no disrespect to Dinwiddie and and Jalen Brunson, but they're not going to be the all-star teammates that you need to really push and elevate yourself to the next level of trying to win an NBA championship. Unless Luka really just is that fucking dude, and he can just kind of one-man wing it himself, which I don't know if he can. As much as I love the Mavericks, as much as I love Luka's second favorite team in the NBA behind the Indiana Pacers, go Pacers, woo uh, I don't know if Luka can just, especially in this league with all the talent, all the great teams around, I don't know if he can just backpack and Luka ball his way to an NBA championship. I just, as I look right now, and I could be completely wrong. I could be completely wrong in every statement that I just said right there, but, you know, if I do burn me at the stake, blah, blah, blah. Burn me as the stake and let my body dry off in the wind. But until that happens, I'm standing by that. And also, I have another question for anybody who's listening. Who would you rather take right now? John Morant or Luka Doncic? Now, I ask that question, and to many, many people, many people, that may seem like a very easy question. Obviously, Luka Doncic. But to the other side, that's a very easy question. Obviously, John Moran. <sighs> Dude, no, it's it's Luka. As much as I love Jaw, phenomenal player, been doing amazing this year. He's not playing tonight, sadly, so he can't play the Pacers. But, dude, Luka is just different. Okay. Luka... And then Luca has like what what Jaw doing right now? Luca's been doing since he came into the league, and you know no, no disrespect to Jaw at all. It's just there's level to this shit, right? Like it's not taken away from the other player. It's just when one player is just just better, you have to acknowledge it. And you and I know a lot of people who say like John Morant is better than Luca. It's obviously just people who watch the highlights, watch Bleacher Report, and don't actually keep up with the NBA and just kind of keeping up with the media narratives. And it just frustrates me because it's like, why, why do you not do some research? And it's probably because they just don't like to watch the NBA as much, or maybe they just really do like John Morant. Maybe they look at his play. And they see him. They see him. And they think he's better than Luca, which I don't know how, but they do. And like I said, he's been playing phenomenal. John Morant is playing fucking out of his mind basketball, but he's not playing Luca ball. Luca ball different. Like, and also just the Maverick Maverick defense. Not even gonna talk about that right now. Fucking amazing. But like Luca is a tri- is basically a walking triple double. He's the face of a franchise. I mean, he'd been the face since he came in. I don't know why he didn't go first. I would call him for him to go first. I didn't obviously I didn't have this platform or anything back then, but I would call him for Luca to go first. And it's just kind of frustrates me watching people compare them and really think that John Morant is in that conversation because 
no disrespect to him, he's just not. I mean, no young player is close in the Luka Doncic conversation. Let me see how Luka, how old Luka is. How old is Luka Doncic? Luka is 23. If there was a 24 and under list, there's no one in the league fucking with him. Simply. Simply put, no one in the league 24 and under is fucking with Luka. And, and it's just mind-boggling me. And one of the people I argued with who said John Morant over Luka Doncic, they said, well, at some point, you gotta stop using a stat test. You gotta start using the eye test. The eye test on Luka Doncic. You're telling me to look at, to go watch NBA. Okay, fine. I love going and watching Luka. And you know what the eye test tell me? They told me he's that fucking dude. They told me he got his degree at him University when he was in Europe. They told me that that is what he did. It didn't last two years at school. Actually, I wonder, how does... Nah, wait. I don't know how the fucking cool system in uh, Lithuania work. Is that where you're from? No, Sylvania. Sylvania. Wait, no, that's... Fuck, where did Luca come from? I feel like I should know this. Let me look it up real quick. Luca, Luca, Luca. Luca Sylvanian, okay. Oh, Jokic is Serbian. That's why I was getting it mixed up. Yeah. The Sylvanian, I don't know how the Sylvanian school system works. I know in some places in Europe, like the UK and Europe, and, uh, yeah, like the UK, it's, you go, you go high, you go high school, and then college, and then university, all before you're 18. Right? Oh, no, you go to college when you're, like, 16 to 18, and then you go to university. Okay, that that's what it was, yeah. But enough about schooling systems in different countries. That doesn't matter right now. Let's talk about something that actually does matter. March Madness. Yes, sir. It's time. It's time once again. One of the best times of the years. Almost better than Christmas. Not exactly, but it's goddamn close. I will say that. It's March Madness, baby. March Madness now. Why is this March Madness so exhilarating? I'll give you a reason. Majority of the lottery that is projected to get drafted this year is going to be taking place in the NCAA tournament. March Madness Tournament, NCAA March Madness Tournament, they will be taking place. So you will have many elite prospects, such as Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, Paolo Branchero, Jaden Ivey, uh, Ty Ty Washington. All of these amazing players that are projected to go within the top 14 are all going to be playing. This uh, AJ Griffin as well. They're all going to be playing within the tournament. And that's exciting because we haven't seen that in, like, almost 30 years. I mean, just, like, when Zion and RJ and and Cam Reddish, they were the only three that were in the tournament that were projected to go top top 14. That was back then. That was a lot. But this is different. Because, you know, think about it, right? Majority of the time, if you're coming into a draft, especially nowadays, you know, best players are already, well, they used to. They don't come out of high school anymore. But they used to come out of high school. Or maybe they played for like a home team. 
and that team just wasn't that good. The talent was there, but they just weren't that. The team just wasn't that good. Or maybe they went to the or now they're going to the G League. Or it happened. There's usually like at least like two or three or four European prospects, but that's just not the case this year. The case this year is that majority of these lottery projected players are going to be in in the tournament, and I'm watching. I'm not a person who usually watches college basketball that much. And even when it comes to tournament times, I have my troubles. I mean, there's so many games going around. It's hard to keep up with what's going on. But you try your best. And that's what I'm working on. I'm trying my best to watch as many games as I can. Hopefully on Friday, I'll just like bunker down, sit and watch as many games as I can. From Gonzaga to Auburn to Duke to Purdue, especially to IU to even any fucking random teams like Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, fucking just name random teams that are in a tournament at this point. Sitting down just watching the games are going to be an exhilarating event as someone who loves basketball. And as someone who loves basketball yourself, if you're listening to this podcast, please do yourself a favor, turn on the tournament and be ready to be amazed. Because trust me, you're not going to get disappointed this year. There might be some upsets. If you had a favorite player, I mean, like 12 different teams, odds are, wait, anywhere from like 8 to 12 different teams are going to be having lottery prospects. And odds are, your team's going to get upset at some point. I mean, that's just how the nature of the game works. But trust me, it's going to it's gonna be worth your time. And if you really, if you really want to advance experience, please tune in now. I'm really watching for two reasons. One, expand my knowledge in basketball, especially college. And two, really get a grasp who I think should go first between Paulo, Chet, and Jabari. Now, as of right now, Chet is my projected first pick. If the Pacers got the first overall pick this year, which I hope we do, praying to the gods, praying to the basketball god, praying to God himself, that we get the first pick. I want Chet Holmgren. Give me Chet. But other mock drafts have Javari Smith going first. Other mock drafts have Paulo going first. Other, well, most of them don't have Paulo. Most, most of them usually have Javari going first. But I have Chet going first because he is just a different player. Now, obviously, he had the unicorn comparison, but it's just the fact that his rim, his like his rim protection for his frame. Which is one of his biggest knocks. I think it's going to be a big attribute. Not only with him being able to score. But being able to actually stay healthy. Not putting too much weight on his joints. And he's going to have. He's obviously going to have a little trouble with rookie year. But I mean. Look at other NBA players like Evan Mobley. And Jane Wiseman. They got complaints about their friend when they came to the league. And I know Chet is like. Decently skinny compared to them. But I, th- I think at the end of the day, because of how competitive Chet is and, like, watching him play and him just not really caring. There's a couple of times I've seen him get bodied, right? There's a couple of times I've seen him get moved, but it's going to happen. But I believe he's going to adapt, he's going to get good, and he's really going to just play to his strength and not get bullied and push out of the league. So if Chet, if Pacers get the first overall pick and we take Chet Holmgren... I'm going to be fucking dancing around the house. I'm going to get dirty with it. I'm going to fucking gritty. I'm going to learn how to do all that shit. I can't even dance. I'm going to learn how to do all of that shit. Because we got the first overall pick. That's just. That's that's a chef's F promise. I'm going to keep it 100. That's a chef's F promise. I can't make that up. But. 
<laughs> enough of that. So we gonna keep we gonna keep it pushing. We gonna keep it pushing, man. Man, today's been a great day. I just wanna you know take a little side tangent off. Today's been a great day, man. Had track practice this morning. It went really good. I do distance, so I do the fucking uh, do the mile. Man, a lot of people hate the mile. I don't know why they hate the mile so much. It's not that hard. <sighs> what am I telling? That that shit's hard. I get anxiety. I'm not gonna lie. I get mad anxiety when I be lining up sometimes. Cause I be thinking about like when I used to be in my races my freshman year, and I was lining up against like 30 people. I would just like have to like figure it out, <laughs> and I would just like sit there in the cold and like my black shorts and like my tank top or not tank top my race shirt. I would just like wait for the old dude to shoot his gun. <sighs> oh man, it gets. I don't. I don't know if it's anxiety or it's excitement or nervousness or whatever it is. It gets me going. I think about that a lot, and it, I, it makes me run good. But, but yeah, the mile is definitely a race. I'll give it that. The mile is definitely a great race. Thirty-two hundred, you can keep it. Eight hundred, you can definitely, you can definitely keep the eight hundred. The eight hundred, you can put that in your pocket and walk away. I don't want anything to do with eight hundred. But you know, I had to do that for practice today. Overall, it was good, man. Came home and I look at my door, and I see my new shoes have been delivered. So now I'm wearing them right now to break them in. You know, they usually say it takes about like a day or two to break them in. Went on a walk to the park, Centennial Park, such a beautiful place, and. They feel good. It's, I don't know, something about them don't feel right. Maybe it's just, like I said, I think it's because it's a whole different, it's not only a a new shoe, but it's a whole different brand. I've never wore, wore Brooks before. I've always worn Asics when it comes to running. So the changing brands, and it was a bit pricey. Spent like, you know, spent like 140 That's a lot for running shoes. I usually never spent more than 70 on running shoes. And I spent that much, so... I had I had to make an upgrade. I had to get my feet prepared and try to keep myself healthy for the season. You know, coming off the quad injury back in the fall, I had to keep myself healthy. So I think the investment is going to be worth it in the long run. But with that said, let's try to transition to more topics. Honestly, I didn't really come with too much plan today. I just kind of just relaxed. Honest. I mean, I was kind of pushing off the podcast. I've been meaning to do the podcast the last couple of days, but you know, waking up a little late and going to work. Then you know, waking then yesterday to have to just do some housework, and then today I was just like, man, I really don't want to do the podcast, but I really did want to do the podcast. I do like doing this podcast for now myself and you guys, anyone listening out there. Thank you so much. I value you. You are being heard. You are being listened to, and I hope that you. Have an amazing day. Have an amazing life. I'm not going just yet, but I just wanted to say that. Thank you so much. I value your view, and you are an amazing person. Thank you so much. But with that now, it finally reminded me of the topic I wanted to talk about that actually inspired me to do the podcast. Just talk about fun NBA stories. <laughs> I know that sounds funny, right? But when I was maybe not making a podcast, but when I was like thinking of podcast concepts, I was thinking of funny NBA stories, and I was thinking about the story that Donovan Mitchell had, you know, that he didn't tell, but a report came out that the reason Donovan Mitchell started his first game in the NBA, and that was when he was working, it was the first NBA game of the Jazz season that year. The only reason he started that game was because Ronnie Hood had to go take a shit, and I just think that's absolutely fucking hilarious. Because from what I remember, he played good that game. And I imagine he still would have played good coming off the bench. But 
think about it, right? I'll say Donovan Mitchell didn't play good off the bench. And it's just a whole fucking down spiral of, like, you know, shit I could have went terrible. And it was all decided by Rodney Hood just couldn't hold his shit in. <laughs> I just find that fucking hilarious. And that also reminds me, when I was reading Andre Godala's book, The Sixth Man, great book, I would recommend anyone who was an avid hoop fan, go pick it up and go buy it. Please go read it. It's very good. I recommend it to anybody. It will not be worth it. It will not be a waste of money or time. I can say that. That in the book he had a funny story about Paul Pierce, and he said these players like Paul Pierce trash talked in different ways. You know, you had your Garnets who would get in your face, who would just say whatever, yap yap yap, until a ref would get involved, and then you know put his hands up. You'd have like, you know, we've heard Kawhi. <laughs> <laughs> board man gets paid. Oh, that shit's fucking hilarious. <laughs> board man gets paid. <laughs> but uh, Kawhi, ha- not Kawhi, Andre had a story that uh, I I think it was his rookie year. Yeah, one of, one of his years. I think it was his rookie year. They were playing the Celtics, whether at home or on the roads. I think it was at home. And one of the dudes on the Sixers were talking trash to him. And he said Paul Pierce just didn't respond to it automatically. You know, he was kept playing and doing everything. And then it would be at a time when they would go to the free throw line. And Pierce would wait for it to get quiet. No one's making noise. Not the people in the stands. Not the players on the court. Not the coaches. Nobody's making a sound. And Paul Pierce was blared out. If you're not making more than $10 million, shut the fuck up. And I thought that was absolutely fucking hilarious. Because you, I mean, what do you say back to that? I, I mean, what 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 do you say? Let's, like, you've been talking shit to Paul Pierce. Like, let's say you locked, you were locking him up in the first two quarters. And, or you maybe scored a couple buckets on him. You said some shit like, what's up, Truce? What's up? Or, I don't fucking know. I don't know you play your shit talk. But whatever they said... He just said, if you're not making more than $10 million, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and that's like, that's just basically him saying, it smells like broken here. Y'all niggas need to not be broke. <laughs> that's crazy. That's really crazy. And it's like, is that, is that poor shaming in the, is that, is that poor shaming in the NBA calling somebody, <laughs> calling somebody fucking broke? Or, like, saying you're not making $10 Because that was, like, in the 2000s. Like, late 2000s. So, $10 million was a decent amount. I mean, now that's role player money. So, like, if, if Paul Pierce is at the Al Caruso, if you're making more than $10 million, you need to shut the fuck up, Paul. I mean, Caruso's like, hey, bro, I'm making nine. I, I really can't complain. I'm making nine point like five. <laughs> I'm going to keep talking shit. <laughs> I just some smart shit like that. Oh, man. But that book has some great stories, especially, like, revolving around just something about that Warriors team. That 2018, not 2018. Not that, just that whole Warriors team when they had Kevin Durant. Something about that team always intrigued me. And I think maybe it's because when I moved to Texas, I moved into a household where they had NBA League Pass, and they were Warriors fans. They were Warriors fans indeed. And so I got to tune into a lot of Warriors games, and... When I was younger, I didn't watch as many NBA games as I do now. So, a lot of my perception was like, I love the Pacers, hate everything else. And I built a lot of my takes through Twitter and YouTube, all of that. But, when I really got to sit down and watch the Warriors play, 
God, they were amazing. Even in their last years, when they, you know, they had the whole debacle between Kevin Durant and Draymond Green, you know, in the locker room, whatever, and that that whole mess, and just even just little stuff adding on, like with social media, messing with KD, uh, Curry getting injured, Clay getting injured, just little stuff adding up over time. And that team still played phenomenal basketball. I mean, I remember, not that season, but the season before, Curry was out for a bit. I think he had a he had an injury. I think it said he had an MCL injury, and so Quinn Cook was in was ha- came up from the G League. Quinn Cook, you know, played on the Lakers. I think he was he, yeah, he was on that championship Lakers team. For I remember, he was like he got cut the last second, so he would have got an honorary ring. But nevertheless, he was. On that Warriors team, right? I remember his first game. They were playing the Charlotte Hornets, and at this point, the Charlotte Hornets had Dwight Howard. Yes, <laughs> the Kemba Walker Dwight Howard Hornets. What a time to be alive! And the first play that the first shot attempt that Quinn Cook took, Dwight sent that shit. <laughs> I vividly remember sitting on my couch in Indiana. And watching Dwight Howard send that shit. And I, you know, I got to go back and find the playoffs for this podcast. But I was just really intrigued just thinking about all the fun stories they have. Because I wonder if I ever get to interview Quinn Cook, I would definitely ask him about that. What went through his mind the first time when he uh, got blocked by Dwight, Dwight Howard trying to go for a layup. Because Dwight pinned his shit. I try to, yeah, Dwight pinned his shit. It wasn't a swat, it was a pin. Yeah, Dwight pinned his shit. And, <laughs> I mean, if I was playing, I'd be like, shit, he worked my ass. And I always think about, like, wh- what goes through the mind of these players. And, you know, any sport, NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, any sport. Like, when someone just owns them, what goes through their mind? Do they lose a lot of confidence? Do they laugh it off? Do they get mad? What happens in their mind? I really want to know. If any NBA players happen to listen, please let me know. Definitely. I would love to know what what are you thinking, bro. Psychology is interesting. The mind of players. I don't know how someone to do it. Just. The level of mental dedication. You have to have. To be a professional athlete. I say for the most part. And I'm not just saying. Like just to be someone who makes a league. Because that takes a lot of work in itself. But for someone to actually maintain. And sustain a part in any league. Especially in somewhere like the NFL. Where it's definitely a lot more cutthroat than the NBA. Or. Do I stand by that statement? Do I. Who's more cutthroat? The NBA or the NFL? NFL. Uh, The NFL got to be more cutthroat. Just because. You're putting. I feel like you're putting so much more on the line. Physically. Especially you know with. Uh. CTE, I feel like you're putting a lot more on the line for what a lot of people consider less money in comparison because, you know, there's more positions, they have to put out more money, it's a lot more difficult, but, yeah, that's kind of about it, honestly, I was thinking of more of these stories, I was listening to a lot by Kevin Garnett, yeah, well, Kevin Garnett, uh, <laughs> he fucking 37,000 feet in the air on an airplane, Arm wrestles big baby Len Davis. And Len Davis, you know, 
you know, he got the moniker of Big Baby. You know, he cried on the bench. But that motherfucker's strong. Don't get me, don't get it twisted. A motherfucker's strong. And Big Baby fuck all of us up. Don't get it twisted. But he arm wrestled, and he would beat everybody on the team, right? Except Garnett. And, I mean, could Garnett wouldn't arm wrestle him. It totally got on the plane. And Garnett just stood his ground during the arm wrestling. He wouldn't budge. Big Baby would give it all it can. Garnett's sweating, dripping down his hoodie. And he's saying, I'm not going down. I'm not going down. And he waited till Big Baby's shoulder started to give out. And he fucking slammed his hand all the way to the ground. <laughs> and I screamed some shit like, I'm Big Dog. I'm the, I'm the big motherfucker around here. And y'all should fucking know that. And I'm like, yep, that's KG, that's, that's KG, oh, man, I, that competitive spirit, you have to admire that, and I mean, with any aspect of life, you have to admire it, because you imagine, like, maybe if he didn't have basketball, he wouldn't have, no, if you don't have basketball, but you have that mentality, you can just do about anything, you can legit, like, go into fucking computer software with Kevin Garnett's mentality and be successful. Some people are just hardwired like that. Like, no matter what they would have done, they would have been successful. Yeah, maybe they would have talked a bit more shit or talked less shit. Who knows? Or maybe they wouldn't have made much money, but success is relative to what career you go into, right? Four years in the... Anything past four years in the NBA is considered a successful career because you made it past average. You know? Maybe as a writer and writing five books and one of them or writing a bunch of books and one of them becomes a bestseller, that's considered successful. Just I believe someone who goes and you know, act acting as well. You act in like a bunch of movies, you get nominated, that can be considered a successful career. Most people don't even get a chance to act in movies or at least get substantial role enough to be considered for an award. So that could be considered a successful career. Everything is relative within this realm of, you know, success. So I think someone like Garnett, just that mentality, it's just so hardwired and just like, just a dog. And you're not taking that dog out of him no matter where he goes. And I stand by that. But honestly, I think today's might be a shorter podcast. I've been kind of rambling for a bit. 35 minutes. And I didn't have too much to really come with today. You know, I had my monologues. My blah, blah, blahs. We talk about the NFL. <laughs> Imagine being a Jaguars fan. Alright, I'm gonna stop. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, besides that, I think we're good to go now, honestly. We had a fun episode today. Uh, if you, like I said, if you enjoyed it, rate it 5 out of 5, like, comment, and subscribe. And with that said, until the next episode, my name is Seth Thorpe, and I am signing out.